Yes, 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 people. It's week two of Echo Chamber. Yep, we're back and full effect. You know what I mean? I have to say, probably last week was a, a, a bit crazy. You know what I mean? I, I it, it was probably a little bit of a, a hodgepodge mess, but it's it's all about building and trying, right? So we're back. We're coming hard. And we're going to bring you a fun show. And we won't be going as long as we did last week. You know what I mean? (laughs) But let's get to it. Let's get to the week's top 10. Now, this is from the weekend of the 2nd to the 4th of November. Okay? So, at number 10, we have... Peter Lou. Now, if you want to hear the review of this, that will be in episode eight of the London Film Fe- London Film Festival version of this podcast. At number nine is Slaughterhouse Rules. At number eight, we have Venom. And you can find the review of this in episode 19 of the Echoes from the Void podcast. Great podcast, people, if you haven't been listening to it, by the way. At number seven, we've got Halloween. At number six, we have Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. At number five... We have Johnny English Strikes Again. At number four, we've got Smallfoot. At number three, it's The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. At number two, A Star is Born. And at number one, Bohemian Rhapsody. So yeah, that's a top ten people. Wonder if it's going to change this week. You know what I mean? We've got new films coming, so who knows? I, I've, I've got a feeling this um, top ten will be shaken up. I'm not sure Venom's going to survive it. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to our first review. And that is of a film called um, I Think We're Alone Now. I think the surprise film of the week has to be um, I Think We're Alone Now. Now, this was directed by Reed Moreno. Um, you, I mean, you will best know her from... She directed the pilot and then the next two episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. She's um, directed an episode of Billions, Hatch... Hatch and Catch Fire. Um, her cinematography work, though, she uh, she's done a lot. She's worked on episodes of Vinyl, which I did enjoy that show. It was a shame it 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 went after one season, but yeah, she did five episodes of that. She um she did a video for Edward Sharp and the Magnetic. Tick Zeros, and she also did Beyonce's Lemonade. So, you know what I mean? That resume 
you you know that she's talented, right? So knowing she's directing this, it's definitely something that makes you take notice. It was written by Mike Mikowski, and it's starring Peter Dinkage and Ellie Fanning, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg, and Paul Giamatti. Uh, so yeah, it's it, you know the cast is good. Every everything is a bit like okay, okay. It's um it was rated R in America. Um and uh yeah, it, it's I don't know. I guess we'd say it's a sci-fi a, a sci-fi maybe thriller drama. You know? Um like the breakdown breakdown is Dell who's uh played by Peter Dinkage, is alone in the world, literally. After the human race is wiped out, he lives in a small, empty town, methodically going from house to house, collecting batteries and other useful items, and then burying the dead. He dines alone, reads, watch movies, and shells books in the local library he's made his home. He's content in his solitude until he discovers Grace, Ellie Fanning, as an interloper on his quiet earth. Her history and motives are obscure, and worse yet, she wants to stay. So this is just like, interest, really interesting in its concept. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, we see uh, Dinkage just on his own, doing his own thing at, at the start of the film. You know, there's not much dialogue. Actually, I don't believe there's any dialogue, really, until he bumps into Grace. And so everything is... is, is kind of told at the start just through actions and mannerisms and expressions and it's really well done like we all know what an actor Dinkage is you know we know his scope I mean of course he's great in Game of Thrones but then he's all like if you've seen the station agent he is so good in that film. If you haven't seen it, please go out and check it out. It's a great film. But, um, yeah, so we know he's got range. We know he's got scope. But it's like, can you carry a film like this? You know what I mean? And, and I believe they, they do it. You know, when Ellie Fanning turns up, when Grace turns up... It's a complete contrast to how Dinkage is, you know, how Dale is. She's very upbeat. She's got loads of questions. She's bombarding him with all of this stuff. He's so loose to his, used to his solitude that 
he does not know what to do. Like, just from the way he's holding himself, just from his facial expressions, you can see how uncomfortable he is. You know, we, we can see that he doesn't want her around, but he does want her around in a way. So you, you add all that conflict Everything is is so well portrayed, you know, like we can tell it, it doesn't need to be vocalised, we know exactly, you know, what the situation is, which is fantastic, and it's really interesting how their dynamic grows and, and, and moves through, like, the film, you know, at, at the start, he, Dingage doesn't want to really talk much. He doesn't want to divulge much about his situation, what he does, you know, what he's thinking. You know, it's like Grace says to him, like, what do you miss the most? And, and he says, solitude. <laughs> you know, and she doesn't get it. You know, I think you kind of get the sense that she's used to be, you know, to being around noise, to being social, to having conversations. Where, like, Dingage, he, he doesn't, that world doesn't suit him. You know, he, he's a very reclusive in his nature. And he's content with the way things are. But as thing as you know, as things move on, time goes by. You can see he's warming to her. Like he tells her a bit more about himself. But still, there's so much more that he could tell her. You know, you you see he's holding back. And you do think like, okay, so what is this relationship? What is the situation, you know, from his point of view? And and I think that's the uh, interesting thing. Like he may, definitely he's making changes that kind of mean she's more comfortable. Like... He, there's a he lets her have a dog and you know he he's he slowly introduces her to to how he does things and he's kind of everyday happenings but you know then the story gets really interesting um which I'm not gonna you know go into any detail here but you know you think things are one thing and then it gets completely swirly on you you know so like this is yeah I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this story and the interesting thing it's a very dark story but that seems to work for it and I don't mean dark in its kind of nature in in, in um you know the content, although obviously you know it it it's not roses and puppies, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? But um, no, just in the uh, the tone of the film, like the the filters used, like the picture we're seeing on the screen, it's very dark, and there are places where, you know, I I found it hard to see, but you know, that that's not really saying too much, because uh, yeah, but. You know, I, I think for others, they'll definitely be able to see more that's going on and and get more of a feel for the film in that respect. But it does work because, you know, they're, they're in this world where, you know, electricity is not a free commodity now. You know, you're, you're running on limited resources so, yeah, you're not going to have lights on everywhere you go. They're using head torches and things like that. So it works on that level. We have then have some of these um, really nice shots, like some sweeping shots of kind of the desert. Um, you know, these kind of scanning shots as, as he looks around while driving and, and and especially you know when he's rowing out in the lake you know some really nice shots this really great scenery and stuff uh it is a shame I'm, I'm just surprised this isn't making it to the cinema you know it, it's a great shame because I think this would be great to see on the big screen. But, you know, at least it is coming out. Um, you know, I, I think if you are a fan of films like The Road. Um, or, hmm, what would we say? I think Seeking a Friend at the End of the World. And also Stakeland. I think these films, if you're a fan of these films, you will definitely gravitate towards this. You know, yeah. I, I, I definitely feel that um you know, but then if if you just like that apocalyptic story, this is definitely a new twist on it. You know, so, yeah, even things like 28 Days Later, this this is, you know, a similar story, but a completely different twist on that story. Um, and definitely without the zombies. But, yeah, I you know, this will be available, um, digital download, on the 19th of November. So that's next next week people 19th of november um it's 93 minutes it's from the movie partnership uh and available on all streaming platforms so itunes amazon google sky store all of that so it's 7.99 standard and 9.99 hd so that is I think we're alone now um, No Tiffany Insight But it's a great film Peter Dinkage Ellie Fanning Go check it out 
just got back from seeing Blade at the Prince Charles Cinema. Um, it was members night, so it's only a pound, which you can't beat that price, right? And it's 70 mil. It's a classic film, and you could say it's the film that started this comic book revolution. It was, I would say, the first really good, really successful film that wasn't just over-the-top cheesy. This was a bit more serious, a bit more edgy, you know? And and it's great. It's like um you think it was a Steve Norrington film and Steve Norrington he didn't really do much, you know, like that was one of his um oh no like he didn't do many directorial films, you know what I mean, it was like, he did this, and then, what, the last minute, and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen afterwards, and his experience of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen made him give up making films, you know, just because the experience was so bad, so, yeah, David Gower, he, um, he wrote the film, and it starred Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, both in their prime. You know, Chris Christopherson, who was great as Whistler. He had Donald Luge. Um, and uh, Unbeshi Wright. And the funny thing, Unbeshi Wright, she was in the American remake of Widows back in the day. So, yeah, that that's it's kind of, um, you know, crazy with the, you know, the new film version, killing it in the box office. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it was a, a great cast, great production crew. And um, if you don't know, the story was, in a world where vampires walk the earth, Blade has a goal. His goal is to rid the world of all vampire evil. When Blade witnesses a vampire bite Dr. Karen Jensen, he fights away the beast and takes Jensen back to his hideout. Here, alongside Abraham Whistler, Blade attempts to help heal Jensen. The vampire Quinn, who was attacked by Blade, reports back to his master, Deacon Frost, who is planning a huge surprise for the human population. And it is a fun film. It's a really fun film. And it's just... Yeah, it has that real classic feel to it, you know, I I think back in the day, you know, it was from New Line, and New Line's logo is all blue and everything, so I remember being in the cinema when it first came out, and you just see the New Line logo in in, um, red, and you're like, oh... Oh, what's happening here? You know, oh, oh, this is something crazy. And and just those opening scenes, you know. Like, what I think one of the really interesting things about this film um, was Norrington's uh, kind of 
vision of light because we see the different tonal shifts in the film you know where like you know previous comic book films had been like this over the top really bright stylized kind of affairs this was a a lot more subtle you know using very kind of um shaded kind of tints to it you know like it to give that kind of twilight effect you kind of feel and like something else that always bugged me was um the, the Wachowskis got credit for you know bullet time and I always was like listen Blade did it first, and, and you see that, it, it was always great, the way, um, you know, he, he sped everything up to kind of depict the passing of the time, and also just the kind of different speeds of humanity, and then the vampire world, I thought that was a really good touch with this, you also, I think, it, the, the funny thing is, like, Snipes does not really, he's not very expressive in this film, you know, like, nothing is kind of shown, his emotional state isn't shown, there's one bit when um, Karen is, like, fixing him up, and he looks at Whistler, and she's just like, and his face doesn't change, doesn't change, body doesn't, like, there's no nuance in the body movement or anything like that, and she's like, you really care for him, don't you, and you just think, well, um, yeah, that was a little false, (laughs) because, you know what I mean, like, Snipes did nothing to sell that, nothing whatsoever, and when he talks, he's, he's very teethy, <laughs> that's it. He's all teeth and gums in this film. Like he's very pronounced in everything that he says. <laughs> but yeah, it it does work though. That that's the thing because everyone else is a lot more expressive. Like um, Dolph is is great as uh, Deacon Frost. You know, he's he's very like, rambunctious, and, you know, it's just like, look, this is me, I'm taking over, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, it's very expressive, and so is, like, Donald Luge, as well, as his sidekick, Quinn, who is very great, you know, like, bug-eyed, and just like, ah, yo, we're gonna, we're gonna get him, let's get him, let me stick him, you know, uh, and that's great, and it helps kind of play off of Snipe's stoicism, um, as it were. But uh, I think, like, there's obviously a lot of kind of hero shots in the film. You know, like jumping off a, a, a building and a, like punch the ground, one arm, like, in the air, all of that, and, you know, like, you you have so many shots of Blade standing half 
um, half you on, and then he he cocks his head slowly, turns he turns it around and looks at danger in the face. Yeah, there's a lot of those scenes, but you can excuse that because hey, look, it, 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 this this was done in '98, and that was you know the height of um, that kind of over-the-top grandeur in, in comic books just as a whole. So, um, well, I mean, when the film started, it would have just been coming off of the end of all of that. You know, th- this was just as Joe Quesada was coming in at Marvel Comics. So the change was, like, slowly starting to happen. But, yeah, it was still kind of that... Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, we were just at the end of that era, so the way this film was kind of, some of these scenes were, it really kind of fit into that um, kind of vision, but there were so many great camera shots in this, like there's the bit um, when they're fighting, in the tube station, and you have that kind of fisheye lens effect to show the curvature, and and you have like um, the train speeding past, so you see them like on the edge, the train speeding past, so you're getting that sense of speed, but then you're seeing their kind of fear, their panic, then you have like. The vampires coming towards them. It's just like some fantastic shots just in that sequence alone. Then you have like a lot of the fight scenes were were pretty decent. Pretty decent fight scenes. Um a lot of the uh the the stuff with Deacon Frost, you know, like I think the scene with the sunset. It's um a little che- a, there's a lot of cheese in that. You're getting a bit long in the tooth. <laughs> but you know, but that line was said. I feel tongue in cheek. <laughs> um, but it's it's just that whole scene though, as the sun comes up. It's just fantastic. The special effects aren't great. They aren't great, and as the film goes on, they do get worse. But um, I I do remember this was I think this was the first um director commentary that I watched, and they did say I remember like when I watched that um that they just ran out of money at the end. Like as the film was going on, they were just running, they were hemorrhaging cash. And so that's why um, you know, the the big uh the bad guy uh, you know the the scene at the end. I think every you know, I think most people have probably seen this, but I'm not gonna completely give everything away. But that bit, if you remember, looked awful. And yeah, they were just like, we had no money when it came to that. So we did the best we could. But yeah, the story, it's a fun story. Yes, if you think about it now, there are holes. 
you know, there are kind of issues with it, but you kind of feel, look, it, it still kind of holds up, you know, it's still good, it's still fun, and I think that's what it's all about, isn't it, fun, good storytelling, and, uh, yeah, then we got Blade 2, and we won't talk about Blade 3, though, <laughs> and now Marvel's got the rights back, we we hear a lot about talks with Snipes, so who knows what's gonna happen with this, uh, you know, with this character, this franchise, but, um, Blade, still a classic film, I highly re- recommend going to see it if you haven't, So, yeah, go check it out, people. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about something I stumbled on the other day. It's an app, a new app, and it's called My Film Club. And, you know what, it's the only app I've seen that basically helps you organise your movie kind of experience. You can... um, Watch trailers, you can find and book cinema tickets when you're like previewing films, which is great because you find a film that's just released. And when you click the link, you're taken to a page and it gives you the times and, um, you know, the, the costs for like the five closest cinemas to you. So it, you have to input your you input your information, um, and it yeah, and it so it knows your location, and it will give you the five closest cinemas to you where this film is showing, which is like you can't really beat that. You also can link up with like fellow film fans and talk about films and, you know, you might want to set up a film club, uh, you know, share reviews, points of view, all of that kind of business. You can also have um, notifications. So it will um, send you a push notification when like a film's being released that you you might be interested in, or a DVD release, you know, there's just a lot of kind of reminders that you you can have for, like, favourites, and, like, you can sync it up with your calendar, which is, you know, a really good kind of um, feature, yeah, you know, so it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun little app, you know, I I was using it the other day because, you know, I was thinking of um, going to the cinema so I could scan all the new releases, you know, the upcoming films and all of that. Yeah, it, you know, so I definitely recommend checking it out. It's called My Film Club. And uh, yeah, you know, you'll be able to find it in the um, App Store or, um, you know, Google. So, yeah. Give it a check and um, enhance your film experience. Okay, so we've got to that time again of um, the second episode. And we're going to, you know, head out the door with a little bit of movie news. So um, Netflix have finally released 
the uh, the date of um, Mowgli hitting the service. Um, so this is the Andy Circus directed um, version of um, Rajard Kipling's The Jungle Book. It's meant to be a bit darker than, um, you know, the the other version that um, came out a few years back. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit strange because there's going to be a limited release on the 29th of November, supposedly for Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, and then London. And then... Um, it's going to hit worldwide on the 7th of December. So, uh, yeah. You know, I'm interested to see how um, how this is. Because it's meant to be more like the book. And as I said, look, it's going to be a bit darker. So it could be interesting. It's got the voices of Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch, Frida Pinto, Matthew Reese. And Naomi Harris. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Spike Lee has um, got a new film coming. So, he's going to direct a film, um, Frederick Douglass Now. Um, which is, which is interesting, it's, uh, you know, Douglas was, um, a self-liberated slave, an orator, publisher, and supposedly a pioneering feminist, feminist, so, um, you know what I mean, he was, he was playing that little side hustle, trying to get the ladies, (laughs) Um, you know, and he pleaded for the abolition of slavery before Abraham Lincoln did. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see um, how this goes. You know, um, so jazz pianist Branford Morales is going to be um, helping out with this and um, composer Mark. Anthony Thompson uh, And it's going to be produced by Buffalo 8 So uh, Yeah, interesting And I believe it's going to be coming to Netflix As well Um, And Finally Something that has been talked about For so long you know, and we got word earlier in the year that it was actually happening, but now HBO has announced that the Deadwood film has finally started production. So, yeah, David um, Milich will finally be able to properly finish off the story. It's kind of crazy because, you know, Deadwood ran from 2004 to 2006. So it's been a long ass time. um, And you do wonder how much traction this will actually get. 
you know, will people actually remember? But I can imagine HBO will probably rerun the series before they um, they screen the film version because it is a telly movie. It's not going to hit the um, cinema from all accounts. But extremely interested and can't wait. All right, people, as promised, this has been a far shorter episode because, you know, this is just a little side thing. You know, it's not meant to be as exhaustive as um, Echoes from the Void. So, you know, we're just giving you some film news and um, some reviews. You know, some weeks it will be longer because we're going to have more reviews. Um, We do have a couple of interviews that will be coming up. You know, this is um, holdovers from the London Film Festival. So, um, yeah, they're going to be coming very soon. But that's all from me. uh, And hope to see you next week. And thank you for listening, people.